This winter, Hulu and Disney Plus are better together in a brand new bundle. That's wicked. Wicked good. With titles like Disenchanted and Willow on Disney Plus. And Fleischman is in trouble. And welcome to Chippendales on Hulu. I love this place. All for just $9.99 a month. All of these and more now streaming. 18 and over only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. See the DisneyBundle.com for details. Today is a new day. Today is the day that your voice will be heard. Today you will learn more about how to empower yourself, take control of your life, inform health, relationships with yourself and others. Welcome to your new life. My name is Dr. Ludi Green, and I am the host of the podcast Ending Domestic Abuse. I am a certified leader in life coaching. I help more than a thousand women regain their freedom, and I have mentored many young women who have become leaders themselves. In this podcast, you will hear from top experts in fields like finance, economics, psychology, and psychiatry, and more. And you will hear stories from people who have defied the odds, overcome abuse, and found their way to success. Together, we'll offer you support and practical ideas to pursue your goals, start on a new path, and even free yourself from abuse now. April is National Child Abuse Prevention. In the United States, one in seven children have experienced abuse and or neglect in the past year. Five children will die today and every day from abuse in this country. Let's think about that number. Every five days, 25 children die from abuse. That is the size of an average elementary school class of a student. In 76% of child abuse cases in 2018, the abuser were a parent. Child abuse and neglect rates are five times higher in families with low socioeconomic status. Children whose parents are unemployed are two times more likely to face abuse or neglect than children with employed parents. The risk of children who live with a single parent and a living partner being abused is eight times higher than children who live with their married biological parents. However, no child is immune from abuse. Child abuse like domestic abuse, can impact any child, regardless of race, status, or location. Now, let's go over the four types of abuse that children face. Neglect, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. Physical abuse is intentionally inflicting physical harm upon a child, including for punishment, things like shaking, throwing, hitting, withholding sleep or food. Signs of physical abuse can include unexplained black eyes, bruises, injuries that show a pattern, and appearing frightened, especially in a specific person or location. Emotional abuse is intentionally controlling or making a child feel worthless. Through verbal abuse, limited physical contact, ridiculing or bullying the child or isolating them. Emotional abuse children might seem withdrawn or anxious, show extremes in behavior, display age-inappropriate behavior, or show a lack of attachment to a parent or caregiver. Sexual abuse is any act that forces or entices a child to participate in sexual activities, even if the child does not understand what's happening, or there is no forcing or even contact. Children who have experienced this form of abuse might display unusual sexual knowledge. They might have nightmares or suddenly start to wet the bed, have mood or behavior changes, 
especially when around a particular person or place. Of the 678,000 children abused in 2018, 11% were physically abused, 7% were sexually abused, 15% experienced multiple types of abuse, and 60% were victims of neglect. Neglect is the most common form of abuse. Many people may think of neglect as just leaving a child without adequate supervision, but neglect can include many other things as well. Neglect can be failing to enroll a child in a school, allowing a child to repeatedly skip school, or not doing anything to support their education. Emotional neglect can be exposing a child to domestic violence or substance use, or not providing affection. Medical and physical neglect can be denying or delaying medical treatment or failing to provide necessities like hygiene, clothing, food, and medicine. We know the risk. We know the signs. It is so important that we all listen to these different types of abuse and remember the signs. Children are such a vulnerable group because they often cannot advocate for themselves. Children under one year old are the most likely to die from mistreatment. Infants cannot speak up and tell people that something is going wrong. Children who experience sexual abuse often know their abuser well, and they're often told to keep the abuse a secret. It is up to us to pay attention and be the voice for these children. It is also up to us to prevent child abuse in the first place and help to heal its victims. Children who experience any form of childhood abuse are 13% less likely to graduate from high school than their peers. Adult survivors of child abuse are more likely to experience depression, anxiety, PTSD, eating disorders, and engage in high-risk behaviors like alcohol and drug use and unsafe sex. We will be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse, and this is your host, Dr. Ludi Green. Today on the podcast, we are so happy to have Samantina Zinan. Samantina is an actress, public speaker, and activist who survived abuse as a child and is now using her power to advocate for children. Welcome to our show, Samantina. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here, and I am actually very proud that there are people like you who are speaking about things like that because, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who still don't believe in it. You're so right. It's really not much talk about. Many people keep it as a hidden secret still. You know, we need more public advocates like yours, like yourself. Keep speaking, keep talking, sharing your story. So I am really honored to have you in our program. So will you be kind to tell us a little bit about your story, how abuse impacted in your childhood? Yes. Well, I grew up in a violent home. My dad was an alcoholic. And funny enough, my dad was not the abuser towards me. He was abusive towards my mom. Like he was verbally abusive. He was always very jealous because people would tell him she's cheating. And even though he never really had any evidence, his insecurity would always get the best of him. So he would come home and basically start a fight and things would get very ugly. And my mother was just always very abusive because I'm not sure if it was because of the issue she was having with my dad. So for me personally, I paid the price for it because I was the child who was more hyper because I have an older sister and she was very calm. And because she was always scared, like she does not want to get on my mother's bad side. So she never really did anything to really, you know, get 
abused as much as I did. But for me personally, I was just a hyper child. I couldn't help it but to touch stuff. And that used to always end very badly. And then after my mom left my dad, she got with this other guy who was even worse. It was just consistent. Like, I remember one time he punched her in the face. Her nose was bleeding. And then my sister and I got in the middle of it. And he basically was trying to beat us up. It, it, it was just really bad in my house. Like, there was never any peace. And like, you always hear people say, a house is not a home. Like, really, I never felt safe at home. God bless you. That that's really terrible. And you talking about your mother and trying to find out what happened to her. Basically, your father was not abusing you directly. You know, many times happens that they abuse the wife and the wives. Those are the ripple effects of abuse. So the wife frustration right. took it onto you, mm-hmm. and she didn't know how yeah. to self control and and saw any exit. And there's no excuse, of course, for that abuse. But still, you had to live with it. So that's how it happens. The ripple effects of domestic violence you know when people beat one the other person will react differently so it depends on the temperament the character of the individual and that's what happened but it's terrible and I, I thank you for sharing and as a child I'm wonder I was wondering whether any support systems that you could reach out to or rely on I mean I was growing up in Haiti things like that were normal when I was growing up it's like, okay, well, your man, it's like, they would be like, okay, your man beat your, you up. That's just part of the deal. That's part of the package of you being in a relationship. People didn't really take child abuse. Well, child abuse is not even something that they take seriously up until this day. There are a lot of kids that are living on the street because their parents have a bunch of kids and just throw them on the street to, just, just to survive for themselves. But I didn't really feel much of a support system. And the thing is, People used to always label me and my sister as the bad child because we were always, I guess, in a way, very defensive because, you know, it's like, it's not something that we are even aware of. Like, I remember one time we went over my cousin's house, like my, my, one of my family's house, and we ended up getting into a fight with our cousins and everybody was just like literally ganging up on us because they felt like we were just troublemakers. And I always wonder if that's why a lot of people, like, you know, the people they call the bad guys or the bad girls of the world. I wonder if because they were raised in abusive home, if that's why they feel like they always got to defend themselves. That's just one of those things that I always think about. But like in terms of support, I never really felt supported. And I guess as I became older, I just had to learn to learn to support myself. And not really depend on other people to lift me up because it just never happened for me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. In the United States, you know, we had the Violence Against Women Act, which protect us in certain way, women and children. Just in 1994, think about in Haiti. I'm very familiar with Haiti. You, at the time you were younger, there were no laws, there's nothing. Yeah. So well, what type of support, you know, how can you go and, and find? So I just wanted to know. What happened to you? So it wasn't familiar. It was in Haiti. It was in the United States. So it is very sad and detrimental. And hopefully our laws and, you know, the support systems will increase and we'll, be, we'll have more awareness. And that the more we speak in, with our truth and share our stories, I think that the more we'll go out and we'll get more help. And people will not suffer as all of us will suffer. What do you think we can do as a community to do better to advocate for children? Well, I feel like people just need to stop denying people's story because for a long time, I never wanted to tell my story because every time I would start speaking about it, people would belittle it 
and say like, oh no, it wasn't that bad. Well, you know, that's your mom. So, you know, every child deserves to get hit because, you know, kids are acting up. Like there's a difference between hitting a child because you're disciplining them. And there's a difference between beating up on a kid because the child did something like dropping some water on the floor. Like if a parent is literally having a rage because a child dropped something on the floor, that's not disciplining. That is abuse. There is something tied up to that. And that parent is taking out, out of their anger on that child. And that happens all the time. And it's almost like the kids walk on eggshell. You, they, can't, they can't even, they can't even like literally, they can't even make mistakes because their parents or their mom or their dad will go crazy on them. And that's, that's, that's abuse. That is abuse. And I feel like people belittle that so much and they act like it's not, it doesn't happen. Or if it happened, it's just what it is. Like we need to stop normalizing a, a, a child abuse. Yeah, I totally agree with you because discipline is one thing. And the other thing, you know, you show your anger because you're angry and frustrated about something, taking on a child because they drop something. I mean, there are ways to communicate. You can speak, even if they're little, you can explain. Yeah. So there are ways to explain, to calm yourself down, take control of yourself and take care of a little child. They, the, the little kids, they're vulnerable. They they can't explain. At that time, their brain is just developing. They cannot even understand, you know, if, you, if we get into a rage and start beating them for no reason. And yeah. seriously, that is for reason, because even if they throw something on the ground, that doesn't mean that they may be doing something, but they're not really understanding what they're doing until we explain to them what happened. There was this one time I was on the train, like a couple of years ago, this woman was cursing out her daughter. Like that little girl looked like she was three years old. And a lot of times too, the parents, those abusive parents set their kids up for failure. They do it on purpose. They know the kids is going to mess up. They tell them to do something anyway, so they can beat them or yell at them. Like this little girl was eating some M&M. Well, she was trying to eat the M&M and she gave her mom the bag to open it for her. The mom was like, no, open it yourself. And surely enough, as she was opening the bag, the M&M fell on the floor. This woman started calling that little girl all type of, she was calling her the B word, all types of things. That's and I was like, wow. And then she has, and she has two kids with her. Like, as if, like you have two kids. Why are people like that having kids? And that's the problem. A lot of abusive people have no business having kids. They just sit up here and have kids so, so they can take out their angers, basically. It's like, I have nothing better to do with my life. Let me go have kids so I can abuse them. That's what it seems like to me because being a parent is a lot of work. And I would never tell people, you know, being a parent is easy. But at the same time, you have to realize you are in charge of those kids' emotional health, mental health. So however those kids turn out, you have, you're the person that, that, that you have to blame for it because you're the one who raised those kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can you speak a bit about the stigma around mental health and therapies in communities of color? How do you think this stigma contributes to domestic violence and child abuse and how can we break it? Well, I think for a lot of color people, it's like child abuse is a thing. It's like the same thing about, you know, you, you're supposed to get hit for you to learn, for you to get disciplined. And also when it comes to mental health, many black people feel like, you just have to pray about it. If you have anything going on in your life, just pray about it. God will make it go away. And I feel like that is a conflict of interest because every single person doesn't believe in religion in the real world. When you go out in the real world, your child doesn't know how to deal with certain 
people or how to deal with certain situation. Parents really need to teach their kids, give their kids tools on how to survive in the real world. Religions can be one of it, but you can't just rely everything on religion. Because to me, you're just sweeping the things under the rug and pretend like it's not there. And at the end of the day, those kids are going to go out there in the real world with all these traumas, with anxiety. I suffered with, with anxiety for many years because I didn't know how to handle certain things. And I didn't know how to re notice red flags in certain relationships. So I feel like when people are speaking about how they feel, instead of shutting them down, listen. Because... A lot of people think mental health has to do with being crazy when it's far from that. They assume you're locked up somewhere. You have to put, they put a straight jacket on you. If you go to a therapist, it's just like so many ignorant thing I've heard when it comes to mental health. And there are times I'm like, I've seen a therapist for many years. I never was prescribed any pills. So I don't know where you're getting this information of like, yeah, they're going to give you pills because you're crazy. Like, I don't know where they're getting the information. We really need to speak about mental health a lot more and we really need to normalize it in our society and any, in any community, really. I totally agree. Mental health and addressing issues, they are very, very important because in that way, they also they can identify if a mother is suffering of something and that's what the cause of abuse it can be a, a woman who's having some mental health issues or a man who's dealing with mental health issues. And that would be the reason why they're the abuse is causing in, in, the, in the household. So I think that mental health is a very important piece on addressing the issue of child abuse. Another question that I have for you, you know, and our audiences for this podcast, the most are abusive women in abusive relationships. And I have worked with domestic violence victims for many, many years. And one common reason for women choosing to stay with their abusive husbands is for their children. Because, you know, we try to protect them. So meaning they believe that staying married is better for their children than getting a divorce. As a child who experienced domestic violence, what advice will you give to women in this situation? I personally, and I'm not even trying to be harsh. I personally believe any woman who stays in a domestic violence is literally setting their kids up for failure. There's no way you staying in that relationship is going to have a good outcome for these children. I personally have disorganized attachment because of the things that I experienced as a child. I never felt safe at home at all. So as a parent, you're supposed to protect your kids. And if you live in a home where you're being abused, and a lot of parents always think like, yeah, the kids don't know any better. They don't know. They didn't notice. Kids notice everything. I work with kids in college up until like I graduated. And let me tell you, Kids will come to the school. Kids will come on the playground and tell your, their parents' business. I remember I was speaking to this young girl. Like, she was a twin. Like, she used to always come late. I, I was working at the summer camp. She used to always come late every time. And I, I was like, why do you guys always come late? And she was basically explaining to me what was going on at home. Her mom's boyfriend was beating the crap out of her while she was pregnant. And she was basically saying, like, and she was basically had to grow up fast, just like, and she reminded me of myself so much. And she was basically saying like, I hear kids complain about toys. Toys is the last thing I'm worrying about. And that really hurt me. Cause I'm like, you have a nine year old child that should be, instead of thinking about, you know, being a kid, she's thinking about her safety and um, that mother think it's okay to stay in that relationship. Like I just could not even wrap my head around that. So any woman that's 
dealing with domestic abuse at home, the best thing to do really is to come up with a plan on how to remove yourself from that situation because you're not helping yourself and you're certainly not helping your kids because you need to be your best self in order for you to pour that to your children. If you're not getting it from your husband, you have to at least try to be that person for them. And you seeing in that relationship is not going to provide that for them at all. Like now they're going to have to go out in the real world with all these traumas, with having bad anxieties, not feeling safe, always thinking the worst of people. Like these are all of the things that I know I had to go through until I started seeing a therapist. I was a mess. My life was a mess. Yeah. And that's, and that's just me being very transparent about this. So it's not something that you have to, it's not something that people should take lightly at all. Having your kids being exposed to that is not something that is something that we really need to take seriously and really think about how that's going to affect them in the, in the long run. Thank you for sharing. Very, very important. One of the most important things is about self-care. And we give this self-care tips in a previous episodes for victims of abuse. And one of the things I talk about was learning how to prioritize yourself and set boundaries. What has helped you in your journey of healing from childhood trauma? Do you have any self-care activities that work for you? Well, you know, I want people to understand self-care should be a long life thing. It should not be, let's just, let me just take care of myself today and then go back to the same toxic situation. Self-care should literally be prioritized and self-care should be mentally and physically. So for me, my self-care journey started when I started seeing a therapist. I had to see that therapist for three years and we unloaded, uh, we opened a lot of bags and I, that's when I realized I had so many baggages and I didn't even realize how much my childhood traumas was affecting me until I was talking about things and really discussing certain events in my life. And throughout that process, I gained clarity. I learned to set boundaries. I learned putting myself first, prioritizing myself first. If other people around me are not going to tell me how good I am, I'm going to find that goodness in myself. I'm going to write down the good things in my, that I've done. I'm going to write down the things that I have accomplished. I'm going to remind myself that I am good enough. So when we're talking about self-care, we have to really think about healing ourselves from whatever we're going through. However you choose to do that, whether you choose to read self-help books, whether you want to go to therapy, whatever you have to do, you need to get in a good space mentally. Because we have to understand our emotions, our mental health matter, and it affects everything we do. So my advice to you is start by healing yourself and make that part of your self-care activities and avoid being around people who triggers you because that's also a, a big thing for me because in my healing process, there are certain people I could, I could not be bothered with. I just couldn't because like I said, mental health is, is still a major stigma in our world. Certain people are still toxic and they don't even realize what they're, well, they may realize it and they just don't care because they're not, they're not, you know, in that place where they want to become a better person. So you have to literally cut tie with many people in order for you to really work on being your best self. Samantina, tell us a bit, a bit about what you're doing now, your jobs, your passions, your goals, what motivates you to pursue your goals and working Listeners find you on social media to follow you on your journey. I am working on many things. I am literally releasing my first self-help book and I share many of my stories and the way I go about 
solving certain problems or when I'm facing certain challenges. So that self-help book will be released next month, May 15th on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of these different places. And I actually call it joy. Find your light through the pain because that that's just basically <laughs> the whole process for me. And I plan on writing a lot of children books because I work with kids for a very long time. And I, I am very grateful that Many of them were able to trust me with their stories, were able to trust me to tell me how they were feeling about certain things. Because, you know, especially when those kids are going through a lot of horrible things at home and the fact that they, they were able to find that safety in me to tell me their story made me happy. But I also felt bad because I'm like, oh my God, why is it still happening in our world? Of course, a public speaker. So I, I do a lot of mental health talk. Like that's really my thing public speaking, mental health and self-care. I really focus on these two things. And also I like to talk about child abuse and how parents can prevent it specifically with women, because we are the caretaker. Most of the time people can find me on Instagram. My username is wild Sam fierce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> You have a website as well. You have something that you were, you have some products that you were selling. Yeah. Through your so, internet. Yes, please share that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I also have a store called Wild CM Fear Shop. And basically I created it to, as a part of my healing process. And it's just like, I wanted to, I want to remind myself with the right mindset. And I want to remind anybody who ever buy any product with the right mindset, you can accomplish anything you want in life. Your past does not define who you are. And basically the way it's set up is each design has a quote that was inspired by a moment that shaped me into who I am today. So all of the, all of the designs are motivational quotes, but the designs were specifically created for that quote. So for example, daring dreamer, there's a train track going in the sky infinitely. So that's basically saying the sky is not even the limit. So there's nobody that can stop you but yourself. <laughs> so that's basically the idea behind each of the design. And I am just very proud of it because it really came from a personal place for me. And like I said earlier in this interview, not all of us have people that's going to support us. That's going to tell us we're great. That's going to tell us we can do anything. So we have to find that in ourselves to, to motivate ourselves, to be great, to go out there, even when we're facing challenges to still keep going. This is exciting. Thank you so much for sharing your story because I really want to check it out and, and see what there is, you know, that I can have it myself, even for my office and, and show it because you're showing by all your pain and your sorrow, you're now bringing the good and creating something beautiful for others so they can get motivated and come out of their, you know, terrible situations. Clementina, I want to thank you so much for providing your inspiring story and advice. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Samantina will answer some questions from our listeners. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse. And today we're talking with Samantina Zenon. And now Samantina will take some questions from our listeners. Samantina, we have a question from Janina from Wisconsin. She says, I was physically abused by my father since I was a little girl. I lived a very difficult childhood. And I was always told by my dad how stupid I was. Currently, I'm 24 years old, single and unemployed. I suffer of anxiety and depression. My past haunts me and I feel I cannot move forward. 
could you tell me how you were able to come out of your situation? You know, I'm really sorry that you had to go through the things that you went through. And in a way, I relate to you because, well, I not in a way, I, I do relate to you because I experienced the same thing that you did. And I obviously don't know the severity of your situation. But the first step for me was I had to be realistic with where I was in life. Because, you know, a lot of times we feel like if we sweep things under the rug, we'll just, things will go away. But the reality is that's not how things work. Our past do tend to haunt us and life is a circle. So the first thing I would say would be make a plan, like write, write down, like write down what you want in your life, what you want. Like you have to start planning your life with a purpose. Your past does not define you. And I've, I've said that earlier. Your past does not define you. Like as you write down all of the things that you want to accomplish in your life and also at, write down the things that you're suffering with right now. It's important for you to be able to manage your anxiety. Fine healing is very important. And right now, I'm not sure if you are able to get therapy, but I would say definitely Google if there could be any place that are offering free therapy, because right now, because we are in a pandemic, there are a lot of organizations that are offering therapy. So I would definitely encourage speaking with someone to hopefully give you some tips on how to deal with your anxiety. Because honestly, as I'm saying these things to you, I have so many questions and definitely write down the things that you want and continue to apply for jobs. Even if it's a part-time job, the, 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 the most important thing is to learn how to manage your anxiety because when you're not able to manage your anxiety, it can affect your performance. And also write down what you're proud of in yourself. Like I created this thing called a badass list. And that badass list really reminded me when I was feeling down where I was in life and all of the things that I have done so far. So like, for example, if I got a, uh, like I, I'm doing this interview today, I'm going to write it down because that's something good because I am able to inspire somebody by doing this interview. That's something good. And like doing something bad, badass list doesn't mean you, 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 you did something that, that was super big. It could be anything, anything that makes you feel good that you are proud of, write it on that list. And when you're not feeling your best, you read that list. That list is a reminder that you're doing good. You can, you can keep going. That list should be your motivation for you. I don't know if I answer your question, but I hope whatever I just explain is able to help you in some ways. There are a lot of resources out there. You just have to look for them and reach out, reach out. You said you live in Wisconsin. Yeah. She says she's in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would probably Google like free therapy in Wisconsin and see what comes up. Let me see. Like I'm literally on my computer right now to see if I can find something. See, I'm typing in things are coming up. Wisconsin. I'm sure she will be able to identify because there's so much support out there right now. You're totally right. Mm -hmm. I, I did saw a couple of websites. One of them is called opencounseling.com. So it's free or low counseling in Wisconsin. So it's called open www.opencounseling.com. So definitely Google some things like counseling therapy in, uh, in Wisconsin and see what comes up and reach out to them. Yeah, because I am seeing a few things. Because mm -hmm. the cities are supposed to provide that kind of thing, especially right now for, for people. Thank you so much. We have another question. And this one is coming from Pearl from Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. She says, I was sexually abused by my stepfather at 12 years old. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict. 
I never told my mom what happened as I was scared he would hurt us. I live with this secret for a long time. I am now 30 years old and single. What will be your advice for my life? Okay. Healing is extremely important and you setting yourself free is part of that healing process. I would say it's up to you. I would tell my mom, like right now, I don't know what your relationship is with your mom. I would let her know whether she wants to believe you or not. Tell her, this is what happened to me. Tell her when it happened, whether she wants to believe you or not. That's none of your business. You just have to let it out. Don't die with that secret in your heart. And also you have like, I honestly feel like when you go through things like that, you are tra traumatized from it. And you have to find healing in order for you to be able to move on because you're going to end up having trust issues with certain people. And there are times you may have flashback of that because when you experience something so traumatic, it gives you PTSD. So it is important for you to speak with a therapist. Honestly, I would definitely encourage it. And when you're speaking with that therapist, don't give up after the first or two sessions because things are getting too deep because the more you dig, the more clarity you're going to get. Because when I first started seeing a therapist, the first six months, I was literally crying every day because I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize how much baggages I had. Like my life sucks. My life is horrible. Like how could I, like I lived through all of this. Like I didn't even realize how much I had, like I had bottled up. So, but I went through that process because it really helped me come out on the other side. So when you go, when, when you are doing that work, understand that it's, it's going to be hard. You're going to face challenges. You're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel like, oh my goodness. Is this even worth it? And I'm here to tell you, yes, it is worth it. Because number one, you're healing yourself so you don't pass down that 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 generational traumas that's been planted in yourself down to your kids. Number two, when you heal yourself, you are a bed, better version of yourself. You attract better people. You attract better opportunities. So you have to... I, Anybody who's listening to this podcast today, you have to learn to create the person you want to be. Your past does not define you. What happened to you in your past does not define you. However, you have to face it and in order for you to heal it, because if you're avoiding it, it's still going to hunt you because the thing is the things that you're avoiding is what's controlling you. So tell your mom about it, seek help, therapy, go through therapy for as long as you can, unbottle all of these things. Yes, it's going to hurt, but it's going to be for the better. Go through that process and come on, come out on the other side, because that's, that's the, that's the goal. We need to live our lives with a purpose and not be the victim. Obviously you were not able to help yourself as a child, but now you are an adult. You can help yourself. You can become a better person and your past cannot be your future. Your past cannot define you. That's totally true. This is great advice you're giving them. And thanks once again to our guests. Actress Samantina Zinan, and thanks to you for listening. No matter who you are or what you have been through, you can find help and you can find a way out of abuse and into your new life. Send me an email through our website at ludigreen.com. That's ludigreen.com. Or you can call our hotline at 202-643-2327. That's 202-643-2327. I'll help you find a way out to freedom. You can also help stop abuse by spreading word of our podcast through your social media or just go on a Spotify and please give us a five-star rating or share your comments. Thank you again. And together, let's all find the life you deserve. Until the next time, stay safe and blessings.